Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Always Open, a podcast about mental health, sex, relationships, and everything in between. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Barbara Dunkelman, and today I'm joined by two lovely guests, starting with... Hi, I'm Lindsay. What's up? Lindsay! And also... Hi, I'm Sarah. Sarah! Your first Always Open! I know. Yeah. Wait, like ever? In the history of Always Open? Ever. What's up? You know, just here chilling. That's how you're at the head of the table. Okay. Oh, I just, you know, side profiles. Not a big fan of them. (laughs) I I agree. a great side profile. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're rocking one. Especially with the bangs. I feel like you're you're doing great. (sighs) I miss the bangs. I don't... Every, like, every year, I'm like, like, no, I'm going to grow them out. And then, like, Mm -hmm. a year passes, I go, no, they need to come back. The struggle. Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like everyone with long hair does that like it's I want bangs or like I'm bored with my hair and I want to change it and bangs seems like a pretty easy thing to do Mm -hmm. every time I do it I go I like this for a day Mm -hmm. and then the next day I go I hate this it's the styling for me of bangs like I love bangs especially the way that Sarah has them a little bit side swept like they're just over the brow like not Mm -hmm. too sheep doggy but just a little bit of mystique to Mm -hmm. it you know but then the next day I wake up and they're like up here like (laughs) doing like a surfing move there's there's something about Mary hairstyle hardcore Ben Stiller's at my door I'm like what are you doing here dude I'm so lucky my hair is relatively tame and I don't have to do much styling day to day as long as Your like always looks good yeah, I was gonna say do you wake up and just like really? brush it a little bit it really yes. does right. oh, I straightened jealous. it for this event but, Ooh. Oh, there you go getting fancy but, yeah no I like sh- I like air dry it on my drive to work oh my god that's so it jealous. I don't do anything oh what's that like I, I feel like anytime I let my hair air dry it doesn't know whether it wants to be curly or straight and so it'll just be like just like foofy, foofy. right? Yeah, I'm a little yeah. foof. So you sound like Michael too. He has naturally curly hair, also. So, yeah, here's been a couple of times where he comes out of the shower. I'm like, okay, good. We're looking good, and it slowly grows mm-hmm. as it dries, just a little bit. Trevor's been growing his hair out, and it's funny because like the, we're recording this episode, it's not going to come out for another like month or so. Mm-hmm. We're so ahead on recording, so by then I don't know what his hair is going to look like. But he's been growing it out, mm-hmm. and he's at the point now where he almost has to put a hat on after he washes his hair so it dries in a certain way. Because I guess, like, it helps mold your hair Mm -hmm. in a way rather than, like, drying it and putting product in it. That makes sense, yeah. Well, also, just thinking of, like, Trevor's natural hairstyle, he could do uh, what I call the Eric, if you watch Boy Meets World, where you just kind of run your hands (laughs) through your hair like this, and it falls naturally into place in this perfect, like, quaff. Oh, my God, now I want a middle part for him. My roommate has that haircut. Literally, yeah. He has a straight part with like curtain bangs. Oh and my god! It's so funny because it's the he goes. I'm so mad because it's the exact haircut my dad had when he was oh. my age. But he goes. But it looks so good. What have you become? <laughs> I mean, genetics, right? It's if true. It looks good on your dad. It might look good on I you. Know, it's yeah. true. So like, okay, I've heard it called a wolf cut. Is that what it's called? No. Not, like, so if it's like that thing, it's it's just a like a shag. It's a shag. Okay, but like it's a shag. She has a wolf cut and Shelby has a wolf cut. Oh, oh yeah. Shelby has the wolf cut where it's kind of like very textured and layered. Mm-hmm. A lot right? of layers. Like yeah. short layer by the chin and then like another long layer after that. Yeah. I put it off to screen. It's the, per- it's the associate producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> she I didn't say anything. She has like a kind of <laughs> a wolf good cut. Shag, yeah. Yeah. She has a good shag. And then Shelby has like an extreme wolf cut. And then Shelby's girlfriend has an insane wolf cut. Like mm-hmm. Marla is, I'm just like, her hair looks great every single day. I like to believe you're pointing going, she wolf. She wolf. She wolf. Yes. She wolf. <laughs> oh, Shakira's calling. <laughs> Una loba. Now, in high school, I had hair. I mean, I still had like the same texture hair. I haven't really changed it or done anything crazy with it, aside from dying. But I never knew it was called a wolf cut. Mm. My friends had all seen the movie. Um, was it uh, Remember the Titans? Or, oh, my God, uh, was yes. It? One of the new football movies. It was new at the time. But there was a character named Sunshine. 
And he had hair exactly like that. Google this real quick. Go ahead, please. Be like football player, sunshine movie. I think it was Remember the Titans. Like a football one too? Yes. Yes. But I need to uh, figure out how to open Google in the first place. This, this is, is before yourself was openly non-binary. Just, so uh, just everyone just said you're sunshine. You're that dude. <laughs> sunshine. Uh, let's see. It's one of those. Sunshine. Oh, Maybe it was Friday Night Lights. I don't know. So many football Barbara, movies. Do you not know how to use an iPad? They're replacements. Hey. Thank you, Stacey. Do you not you, know how to use it. an iPad? I don't. Um, this is new. I, <laughs> it's I, incredible. It's also just like, I usually just use it for questions. Um, and also some work here and there. I also have my phone. So, I've tasked you with looking it up. How are yeah, you? I know. <laughs> it's so funny watching this because I have an iPad because I use it for school. Okay. So you hit this little. Okay. It's amazing. Well, which one do you want? Would you want this one? Just this think? one, yeah. So you hit that and then you hit the big thing. Thanks for helping then, the geriatric or gender. Or you can also pull this down Jesus. all the way. Oh. And you can oh. make it side. And you can do it side by side. If you want it to pop <gasps> out, you pull it down. The geriatric oh millennials. Thank you. <laughs> really, <laughs> yes, honestly. Yes. You keep me so young, Sarah. Oh, Thank you're you welcome. So yeah. No, I just have one for school. So that's actually, it's a lie. I bought it for like plane rides because I was like, oh, I don't have a laptop anymore. It's just my work one. Let me get yeah. like, I'll buy an iPad. And then I started school like two months later. And I was like, oh, this is what this has become. This is now my school thing. This is something that blows me away about Sarah is that she uh, does so much work here at Rooster Teeth and goes to school at the same yep. time. And I just think about how like I could barely manage my time at work uh, trying to imagine studying and doing tests and mm -hmm. homework. Okay. You want to know the best part about library science? Go ahead. No tests. What? No tests. So how, how are you graded? Just essays. No oh, tests. That's awesome. Uh -huh. No tests, yeah. It's like and the notes running your class. I love it. I love it. Just <laughs> discussion questions, presentations, and essays. I that's want it. That. that sounds oh, amazing. It's incredible. Because it's library science. So your whole thing is that you're supposed to be learning how to look things up. Yeah. So they don't need you to like memorize shit. They're like, you just need to know how to find it. That's, yeah. I hate memorizing huh. stuff. I can't do that, but I can tell you about it. That's fine. Maybe librarian is a, a career path it. for you, Lindsay. I was going to say, I've, I'm out of school and have been since 2011, but Same. you describing your lecture plan made me want to go back to school for a oh. minute. I was oh, like, wait, can I, hang on. Oh, and it's <laughs> so fun. Like, it's like one of my classes is all, um, all of them are online because I go to TWU up in Denton and I'm not making that trip. Mm -hmm. But um, I, um, the professors will send like lecture slides. They have like the PowerPoint, but then they also have like all of their notes written down. Yeah. And they send that to you. And wow. then like every once in a while, they'll be like, oh, I'm having a meeting if anybody has any questions. And that's it. And I, I just that. read through that. And every three weeks, I have homework. So we had like a Google oh Doc that we shared with students. But yeah. it was almost like a like known secret. Like, oh, share the Google Doc. Don't tell the Do professor. the Google Doc? Right. Yeah. Like, oh. And then there was always one gatekeeper who's like, you weren't paying attention in class. Guess you won't need that doc, huh? <laughs> like, okay. I have a message for those kids. Right. Excuse me? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listen, we're all just trying to get by. It's true. But now, now. <laughs> help, help brother out. I want this format mm -hmm. for every class. That's incredible. That's, I've done now four classes and they've all been similar to that where like each semester I've had one professor who's like, hey, let's have like a meeting like once a week just to me go over it. So you, like if you're an audio learner. Mm-hmm. What are, so what is uh, the career path you're hoping to get on? I have no idea. I actually have a meeting with my uh, advisor on Friday because oh. I don't know. Because I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, I would really, like the, the biggest thing is like, I wanted to be a librarian since I like, could read a book. Like I remember the first book Since I like you saw finished. The Mummy. Yeah. Oh, Which God, by the way, good book. in <laughs> case anybody watching doesn't know this, Sarah reads 
more than anybody you know, I guarantee. She's a lot. That's uh, true. There are people on TikTok who have me beat, but I like I try to at least get like a book every two weeks. It's and mm -hmm. I'm trying to be better about it. You're comparing yourself to Olympic athletes. You're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. You're Thank good. you. Thank you. But I'm like, if I read a book in a year, I'm proud of myself. Oh, dude, like, if I read like a web page, I'm like, ha, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, like if I get it, like I have I was mentioning this before, I had like really bad anxiety last week. And so all I did was I started my favorite audiobook. And so I listened to mm -hmm. <laughs> Red, White, and Royal Blue for the second time in six months. Wow. Because <laughs> it's just a comfort one to me. And it's really fun to listen to because part of it actually takes place in Austin too. Oh, so, it? so it like mentions familiar places and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, the whole thing, Red, White, and Royal Blue is uh, President's son falls in love with Prince of England. That's the plot. I love it already. Oh, it's, wow. it's really well written. It's really fun. But um, the President's son, she was uh, a representative of Texas. And so oh. he grew up in Austin. And now that they're like in... DC and everything, he always talks about how he wants to go back to Austin. And like the last chapter is them here in Austin while they do her second election. And it's her hometown mm. type of situation. And like Ooh. the big thing is that they're trying to like turn Texas blue. And yeah. so it's like, it's like a fun one to read. Yeah. Hmm. Very I feel like I would uh, live vicariously yeah. through that book. It's, I, <laughs> right. do, yeah, no I like, do judge it because like I was just listening to it while like, I just finished it. And in the last book, like the rally ends and they get on bikes and they like bike to his house mm -hmm. but like while they're biking they're across they're south of the river yeah they bike up and he's like yeah we passed the cap we passed the bars we passed the capital and i go that's a long bike ride it's and then they go like further. Yep. Whoa. and i was like can you stop <laughs> like yeah. it's like river heights or something like that somewhere like and i was just like i never thought about this before but you bike so far that's what a, are you doing they bike ride yeah like going they, past the river through downtown they, 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 I don't know. I have no idea. I was like, How I need to look this them. up. Right? How so yeah. unrealistic. Well, if, if you live in Austin, you might bike that route, but it'd be more Austin-ish if uh, they had a unicycle instead mm. of a bicycle. Yeah, that'd be the perfect Austin yeah. translation to a book form. Also, yeah. I'm so confused because they're like, oh yeah, riding up Lavaca. And I go, why are you riding up Lavaca from like, south of the river towards the street? What's yeah. going on what here? What is happening? I don't know. I was driving when I was listening to it and I was like, I can't look this up right I now. I love Sarah <laughs> thinking about the intricacies and accuracies of like driving in Austin. Oh, like, I know. I'm sorry, one moment. Well, when not, it's like my fourth listen to, like it's like mm, you gotta start thinking about it. At that it. point, you could start scrutinizing. It's true. It's true. What do you, did you write the author? Excuse no, me. God, no. <laughs> I Casey McQuiston for you. <laughs> she. That's another person who only publishes fan fiction work. Apparently, Red, White, and Royal Blue was originally a social network fan fiction. Okay, I love this. I never thought I would <laughs> hear anyone utter the words social network fan fiction, yeah. but here we are, and I'm hooked. Yeah. <laughs> are ahead. we talking about the two twins? Uh, I don't know. Because that's what I would write about. I've never seen the social Most network. Most fanfics have twins. Um, the, uh, so social, if I'm remembering correctly, social network has Army Hammer playing twins, <laughs> um, which obviously Army <laughs> Hammer controversial at right. this point. And I'll say it. Fuck that guy. He's right. a cannibalist. <laughs> but... Yeah. Can't uh, forget the fact he's a good-looking person, mm -hmm. individual, mm -hmm. tall, strong, handsome man. Um, and when there's two of him in the movie, it's nice to look at. Uh, you don't have to argue person. to me. I, I've watched <laughs> Iran Host Club, okay? I, <laughs> I know all about the twin factor, please. <laughs> I do appreciate, but also like <laughs> the Fred perfect and George talk. also is the twin factor right now. Yes, yep. Everybody's about Fred and George. Well, yeah, oh, they've been from, about Fred and George for a while. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the thing. Self-insert Fred and George or Hermione Fred and George. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm not surprised. No. Yeah. Do, it, question for the fan figures, because I'm just curious. Um, having partaken in a few fanfics myself, it's mostly like fictional characters. Mm -hmm. Can you fanfic real people or is yeah, that it's a called no -no? R it's it's called RPF, okay. real, real person fan fiction. Okay. Oh. Uh, there's a very, very large community around the hockey 
real person fan fiction and also um, hockey? like hockey like, like the hockey sport. hockey oh. oh my god that's amazing it's i thought you meant like huge like hawk. no 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 like, i thought it was like a nickname or something yes. and i'm like is this a show or mm-hmm. a movie that i'm not knowing i'm sorry are you a hockey i mean there's also <laughs> rpf of like rooster teeth employees too oh yeah got you like that's i've seen some of that in the past got you yeah, yeah. i guess I, I was curious thinking about like twin factor i'm like i guarantee there's been like uh, cole and dylan sprouse stuff, oh yeah but usually like mm. sweet life is like here's a fanfic of them hanging out it's, on the boat there's yeah, a lot it's of a very sweet life right? oh, that's no. like them like oh they're actors but on also dick. this is them after work and they're taking you out on date and it's like that kind of stuff very yeah. fantasy dylan says something saucy but cole says calm down now <laughs> <laughs> my god i could see it i, I could see it now so i watched a lot of sweet life go on please <laughs> what they'd be older at the point we're writing the fanfic right obviously. obviously my goodness this is post riverdale they've seen it all they've done it all we're oh, fine right only one did riverdale mm-hmm. right it was it was it, it was dylan, dylan? right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah Cole? Cole does Riverdale? Okay. We have our our, our resident, resident young person here. Thank you. <laughs> is that Kat again? Yes, yeah. I love you. The she-wolf has spoken once more. She has. Thank you. Um, I feel like we, at some point, we need to get you back on the show, Sarah, to talk about Thank smut and, and like all of that. Because we've been talking, Sarah is one of the people who helped get me into Akatar and like convincing me to read those types of books. And cannot put it down love that series so much that oh. it makes me want to read more books like yeah. it question what is Akatar? uh a court of thrones and roses oh oh of course okay yes. got you it's, got you it's like a five book series well it's a five book series but also Ish. it's like the author has like a lot of very similar works as well yeah. sarah j mass sarah j mass like she has an entire young adult novel series that's i think like 15 books or something like it's huge mm-hmm. and then she has a court of thrones and roses and then she has crescent city which is the most recent series and they just announced the third book in the series coming on like 2024 mm-hmm. january 2024 yeah i might like, catch up or just listen oh, to some audiobooks the audiobooks yeah. are really good of those <laughs> like they're except the fact that they change it after the first one but so you're telling me yeah also sarah Do you Jane, hear sex mo- noises in the audiobook yes that's what I was going to say. This. That makes me want to listen to them more or less. Right. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's bad. Because like when I was just listening to Neon Gods, sometimes authors do this thing where they put their books for free on Spotify. So you can go and listen mm. the entire audiobook for free on Spotify. So I listened to all of Neon Gods on Spotify because it was there. And I was like, sure, why not? Um, I don't know what they, it, it's a Hades and Persephone's retelling. Mm. And they made Hades sound interesting. And the way that man said, Pussy. It was too much. Ugh, I like with I, an e h. It was so bad. Pussy. And every and he I felt said my it pussy so go inside of me right. just now. <laughs> he said it so much, and I was like, I need you to ah. shut up. I was <laughs> like, so like, was there a pause also? The dramatic effect for like yes. end the pussy. Well, it was oh. like he'd be like he would speaking derogatorily towards her pussy. Ah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> it's so funny because on, on a few episodes ago, we talked about the term pussy slay, which apparently means like, oh, that's pussy slay. Like yeah. really good. You're incredible. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now I'm going to say pussy slay. Pussy. Was that, was that Laurel and Blizz? It was. That, was like that feels like yeah. a Laurel Blizz conversation. <laughs> I know Blizz is involved for sure. That's funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They are all about it. Yeah. All about that pussy slay. Um, but yeah, no, they absolutely moan. They say things and it's really interesting. Um, they don't make like additional additional noises so like there's a chapter in the fourth or fifth book in a court of thrones and roses where there is i kid you not a chapter long blowjob and it i I kid you not it was 30 minutes of the audiobook and i was just sitting there doing a puzzle like during the pandemic being like is this ever gonna be over do you hear the like no you don't that's why it's like you don't have additional noises but you do have descriptors and 
like breathy voices. Gotcha. So I read a lot of Tolkien. That man can describe a chair for like 15 pages. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that 30 minute blowjob, I'm okay with that. That's fine. It's a skill. I, yeah, I have the time. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Oh. Um, so that's that's a thing too. I, I I love the Akatar series so much that I've been taking my sweet ass time getting through it because I don't want it to be over. Mm. So I'm like near the end of book four. Um, so book four book, is the worst. <laughs> I know. I've always heard book four is the worst. I I enjoy it. I know book five, what it deals with. So I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it yet, but I'm so excited to get to it because I've also heard it's the horniest of the five books, which you just don't think it can get hornier. (laughs) That's the thing is like, everybody's like, oh, the first book was so good. And they're like, oh my God, the second book. And they're like, oh my God, the third book. Second and third have been my favorite so far. Mm. The second is. I want to talk about this series, like the way that people talked about the uh, Star Wars prequels. Mm. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's the horniest of the three. You're going to love it. Which is the horniest <laughs> Star Wars film? Oh, the uh, I almost said third. Lindsay, it's, what are you doing? The second one. The second? Like, no. Yeah, it's, I think so. I think it's one of the newer ones where Raylo and Kylo Ren can share a mind. And they Skype sex. They yeah. totally have Skype oh, sex. There's so much fan fiction of them Skype sexing. I love it. I will say they they would make a really hot couple. I would, yes. I would watch those two. I was telling Sarah before this as we were talking about like um, auditioning for doing audiobooks and like how that would work um, in smut relations or just mm-hmm. talking about sexual content and how when uh, the new Star Wars movies came out, I was a little too aggro on Twitter and I was like, I'm not a fan of Raylo. I'm not liking it. And mostly because of the, the discussion about like, is this toxic? And mm. like, no shit, it's toxic. But we eat the toxic shit up sometimes because it's fictional. Friends to enemies is a thing. Guys. Exactly. Or, or enemies, enemies to, to lovers. lovers. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think now is the best platform for me to say I, I rescind my comments mm-hmm. about Raylo. <laughs> I was so wrong. Thank you. But it's, so right. It's been officially stated by <laughs> Lindsay here on Always Open, an exclusive. That's right. Resyndication. Listen, uh, Adam Driver, I get it. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I didn't at first, <laughs> but I do now. I've warmed up to the idea. And have you seen 65? Maybe that's what sold me on it. No. What's what's 65? No, what's 65? That so was six, my question. Oh, you're good. So 65 is a new movie that just came out starring Adam Driver. <gasps> oh, 65. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, 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 <laughs> we're just saying numbers. Like, yeah. 65. Yeah, what's yeah. 65? Oh, 65. Yeah, it's my dad's age. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's a movie that came out recently. Yeah. And it's Adam Driver and he's a part of a, like a space fleet, basically. And he gets sent to what we believe is an alien planet. But turns out it's just Earth 65 million years ago and he's fighting dinosaurs. And it's awesome. That's Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's like him and like a girl. Yes. Yeah. That's like a, a young girl. Plot, mm. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, te- it's very much like the same dynamic and what people liked about Last of Us is like, okay, you have this like stronger paternal figure with this girl who's like lost, but she's a little edgy. She can, yeah. she's scrappy. She can fight for herself. So if you like watching tropes like that Love through it. the movie, plus dinosaurs and guns, be all about it. Sounds like the perfect movie, it to be honest. Cool. Yeah. I do. I was just a, uh, uh, in Star Wars land. What's it called? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's yeah. Edge at Disneyland. I thought yeah. you meant mentally. Sorry. I was, <laughs> I was in Star Wars <laughs> land. I too am still there. And there is a, something about the, the Kylo Ren uh, actor with like the voice and stuff yep. like that where I just can't help but go, hello, daddy. Yeah, like yep. you just cannot yeah. avoid it. I'm just oh. like, I, it's... I get it. Have, you, get have you watched Mandalorian also? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Similarly, um, this Pedro. might be controversial. I'll say it. Hang, Pedro Pascal, beautiful human being. Daddy. Uh, absolutely daddy, for sure. Um, somehow even hotter when wearing helmet. Somehow. I, don't, mm, I get do, you. How do you do that? Same thing with Kylo Ren. Like Adam Driver, okay. Kylo Ren, There's okay. There's something about the, hearing Ooh. the voice and not mm. seeing a face. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is about. It's like the deep voice where it's like, 
the mystique mysterious mm-hmm. yes right yeah. yeah i think that's it is there a term for that too i'm pretty sure oh that's absolutely been a for a while. do i know what it's called no sorry i, I looked to the library and <laughs> no, like, no you're, you're the, correct and the expert on on books and smut and, and fan things. fiction and tropes sarah i'm horny yeah. help yeah <laughs> it's no dude like legitimately if anybody ever comes with me saying sarah i need a fan fiction wreck i'm like i got you what do you need like sarah, i'm horny help <laughs> like it's um most of my slacks to her during yeah. the day <laughs> My, uh, like, I have like a small Discord community, and like we have. First of all, we have a book club where we're reading through the mm-hmm. uh, LGBTQA alphabet. Mm-hmm. So that's been really, really fun. Cool. But then also we have an entire channel dedicated to fan fiction. So whenever oh, anybody nice. reads something oh. good, they drop it in there, and it's just like the best resource I've ever made for myself in my entire life. Wow. So I just have like all these good recs coming through through some of my community members, and I just read them constantly or and then when somebody like Brendan's like I just need like something that will get me like out of the world real quick and I was like do you need a fan fiction wreck and Brendan's like absolutely Sarah what do you got for me and I was like what do you, you need Brendan? what do you need <laughs> right yeah and so it's I was like do you need a cry a good cry bad cry you really Gay, are made to be straight. a librarian mm-hmm. right I could yeah. just imagine you like in a library somewhere being like what you need honey I got you and just like sorting through all the different there's books. a basket of candy on her desk yeah, yeah of course yeah. it's I'm, <laughs> or there's original I'm excited to one day do it I don't know if it's like a today thing but it's a thing that I've always wanted. And so one day I will. And God, life gets busy. And so do it while you can. It's practically summer in Texas. And that means I'm spending more and more time outdoors. And it also means I have less and less time to meal prep every week. Luckily, Factor, which happens to be America's number one ready to eat meal kit, can help you save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list with their ready to eat meals that are delivered straight to your door. I love Factor. They are ready to go. All you have to do is heat it up. They're ready in two minutes. You have an entire balanced meal in front of you. Uh, They have pancakes. They have different breakfast options. They have lunches, dinners. There's this pork ragu, which is delicious that I had the other day. Everything has been fantastic and so quick and healthy and saves me so much time. Seriously, so much time. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. They have options for so many different lifestyles from keto to calorie smart, vegan plus veggie and protein plus options. And there's always something new to try. Every week they have over 34 chef prepared dietitian approved options. Plus they have tons of add-ons including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes and bacon and cheddar egg bites. Delicious. So head to factormeals.com/open40 and use the code OPEN40 to get 40% off your first box. That's code OPEN40 at factormeals.com slash OPEN40 to get 40% off your first box. Enjoy. If you're looking for some new wall art, whether you're moving to a new place or you just want to refresh your current decor, Gallery Panda is definitely the way to go. Gallery Panda offers super high quality acrylic wall art and their standard 16 by 24 acrylic print will take any room to the next level. Plus, command strips come with every order for easy, damage-free hanging. In addition to all their artist collections, you could even customize your own print. All you have to do is scroll down to the bottom of their website at gallerypanda.com to upload your own custom design. I got a piece of Gallery Panda print right here. It's beautiful, Um, the quality is amazing. You could also put a light source behind it to make this thing glow but I chose this one. It's a little astronaut and some flowers. It's gorgeous. I have some other prints at home that I've already hung up. This is going up there with them. Wonderful and great quality. So easy to get and so easy to hang up. 
So go follow Gallery Panda on Instagram or go to gallerypanda.com to see some amazing art. Use our special promo code ALWAYS30 to get 30% off your order of a large acrylic wall art for the first 50 people to check out. So you got to go fast. Normally, you could only get this good of a deal by finding them at places like New York Comic Con. But thanks to this promo code, you could get a Comic Con level deal online. So head over to gallerypanda.com. Get, get, get your, get your gallery panda, get it. You could get this one. This one's mine though. So don't take this one, but you get the same one. I think that actually is a perfect segue into one of our questions. So let's kick things off uh, with some user-submitted questions, which, by the way, if you have any questions for us on the show, you could email us at alwaysopen at roosterteeth.com. Anything at all, please send it to us. Is that supposed to be on the count table? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter. I just noticed it. Is it supposed to be that? Barbara's show. She calls the shots. We're a little more laid back. It's her world. I'm in it. Mm. Yeah. This is my universe. (laughs) Welcome to my New York loft apartment. Thank you. The dream. Did you pay 500K for this? I wow. I sure did. <laughs> New York City. We fly to New York for every single episode. Mm-hmm. Of course. Huge budget. <laughs> All right. So this question reads, hello, friends. I'm a 26-year-old woman who has been watching the show since my early college days. I'm currently working as a registered nurse and have been for almost two years now. I was in school for it for three years. I grew up in a Filipino household, which meant a lot of my family have been nurses or in the medical field. As a kid, I knew I always wanted to be in the healthcare field and naturally fell into nursing. My family never forced me or tried to steer me into it, but um, a lot of other Filipino families do. However, I don't see myself being a nurse for the rest of my life, even in the next decade or so. I love my job. I recently moved to outpatient nursing, and I'm pretty fucking good at it. But I just don't know if this is what I want to do forever. And our generation is experiencing career death now since companies no longer want to give up livable wages, pensions, etc. So we all just want a decent job and to go home and live peacefully. I want to do so much more things that are not nursing. My big dream is to own a bakery or cafe, but I feel like I worked so hard just to become a nurse. I feel like I would throw it all away if I were to leave. My question is, how do you deal with imposter syndrome as a professional? And how does one navigate wanting to leave a job they worked so hard for in something they are more passionate about? Well, Great question. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah oh no, gosh. it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, people will support you in it too. Like if mm-hmm. you, if you're like, I want to keep doing nursing for now. Like I want to keep being a film producer. Like I, I spent, I'm five years of a career here at Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. I did three years of college and I graduated early, busted my ass to do so. And what did you study when you were in college? Film. film? I have a degree in creative media and film and a minor in business. Mm-hmm. And so like, I worked really hard. I have a fucking $60,000 in debt because of it. Like college. And America. America, America yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I've always known I wanted to be a librarian and I'm like, one day I'll do it. But you, fun fact, you need a master's degree to be a librarian. Do you really? Yes. Yeah, I found that out when I was I in middle school from my school librarian because I used to be a library assistant. She told me that. And I go, oh, I don't have the money to go get a master's degree. I could never do that. And um, so I kind of just always was like, that's not a possibility for kind me. Kind of put it to the side. Yeah. yeah. And so then I looked into this, got into this career. I really enjoy it. I'd argue I'm decently good at it. And Fantastic. Thank don't you. downplay it. I was going to say, thank yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, and I really like it. I like this job. I like helping Bruce Teeth produce things. But I do know that like, I don't, like I look at my parents and I love my dad. And I love my mom, but my dad 
he has worked at two companies his entire life. He had one job straight out of college. Oh, wow. And at that job, he got offered a job at his second job. Like basically he was a contract architecture and they were working for the state of Colorado. And the state of Colorado said, hey, we like you so much. Would you come work for us? And he worked that job until he retired last year. That's crazy. Yeah. So I look at that and it terrifies me. Like that, he hated that job. And I saw him kill himself to go to that job to provide for me and my sisters. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times where I was like, if you left that career, if you left that job and went and worked somebody else, you probably would have made better money. And or at least like have been that, happier. Right? And been happier. Like there's so many things. And like, it's so interesting. Like, and I'm just like, I don't want that. And I'm so scared of that. And so when like, I don't know, the pandemic was like hard on everybody mentally. And it's like also put into question, will online media companies still exist? Because like, it's hard to validate their existence when we couldn't even be in office together. And we didn't have the resources of these big studios to do so. And so I like really started thinking about it. And then um, I actually was visiting my sister Susie in Denver on a whim one time. And I was like, oh, you're right. We're right next to the the Denver library. Can we go see it? Oh. And we just walked in and then I was like, oh, I just want to look around, but they're doing construction. And this little old librarian walks up and she goes, oh, I can show you around what we do have. And she like gave me this huge tour and like was like, oh, well, this is You're historical school. Right, I was Literally. Say, you met a mage. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like such a prolific moment in my life too. And it was like her being like, oh, well, like you don't have to do it now, but like you should totally do this. Where do you live? And I was like, oh, I live in Texas. I always really want to be a librarian, but I just don't know. And she goes, oh, Texas Women's University has one of the most prestigious librarian degrees. Like you should look into that. There you go. And I was like, what the fuck? And then turns out my roommate's mom got a degree at Texas Women's University and oh. worked in the library and like offices. And I was like, what? This wow. is the like, universe calling things for were you. Just, yes. like, yeah. Things were just like Meant kind of happen. falling together and there's this little librarian being like, you can do this. And Take I'm like, my hand, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Shits and then your sister goes, what, what library? And there was no one here. <laughs> oh, just, Sarah, she's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like I went home and I like did some research and I applied and like I got in and then I was like, okay, guess I'm doing this. And I've just been doing it on the side and like I'm only doing like two classes a semester. So it will take me like four to five years to finish. But it's something I have in my back pocket if I like ever like it's just I just kind wake like up one day and I'm like, yeah. I don't think I want to be a producer anymore. Right. Yeah. Because like and that happens. Right. Yeah. You said and, you described your passion and this is something that you've had a passion for since middle school. Yeah. You're saying clearly so. I really like books. Yes. Um, if that has not yet been established. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's weird and it's difficult and it feels scary and like but your family if it's something that you're passionate about and something you care about your family will support you and like your friends will support you like mm-hmm. even like Jordan Levin our CEO or what is his name GM 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 he like knows about it and he even made a joke he's like well don't leave us too soon like it like and it supported me in it like yeah. so people everybody's a human and they all have the same similar feelings yeah. sometimes so and respecting people's goals or people's, you know, passions and stuff like mm-hmm. that is yeah. always very important. And as far as imposter syndrome goes, everybody has it. You just grit and bear it and push through. Yep. Literally. Um, if you're yeah. watching the show, I'm, I guarantee you all three of us that you are looking at right now have major imposter right. syndrome. Right. We'll let you know when that goes away. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, I'm a fucking senior manager. Like, and I still have imposter. I'm like, how do, nope. how do I get this? This weekend, Barbara and I were talking Somebody about Ruby. We're like, we've been doing this for 10 years and like, technically we're voice actors, but I still am like, I'm not really. It's like, yeah. I gotta be like, yes. <laughs> I'm I like, am. I was someone's friend who made a show and they said, make some voices into this microphone. Right. And you I should like, be damn proud of it. Hell yeah. Surround yourself it's with hard. people mm-hmm. who encourage you because like you may be self-doubting yourself but those around you see you working hard and see you doing things but also like talk to yourself the way you would to your closest Mm. friends like 
you know, when I look at my friends and I, I hear their doubts and I'm like, oh my God, you're, that's insane because I think the world of you and like you do such amazing work and you're so professional and you're so talented at what you do. And I'm like, why don't I talk to myself that way? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know? So like talk to yourself like you would your best friend. Too real. Also, I, I clearly cannot speak to the cultural relevancy of your situation, dear watcher. But it's interesting that we find ourselves in this period now because Sarah mentioned the pandemic, which is true. A lot of us had this catharsis where we go, mm -hmm. what do I really want to do with my life? What, I what am I really enjoying every day when I wake up and do what I do? And for a lot of people, the answer was no. Um, but we have somehow the flexibility and like I'd argue freedom, but that's mm -hmm. a loose term, to explore what you want to and find your passion and drive for it while also being so financially and societally restricted. Like mm. in this time that we are in, everyone is so heavily strapped for cash. It's so difficult to build on your own passion projects. So um, yeah, it's rough seas out there for sure. But Super. I, I think I think Sarah and Barbara are right. Like if you find the right support system within yourself and externally, that ship can sail. Maybe not immediately, but mm -hmm. it can it can take off. Absolutely. And like something I've been thinking about a lot is like you don't like there's there's this thing that like you have to have a career, you have to career. And there's this girl I watch on TikTok and she like was getting a master's degree in marketing and she worked at a coffee shop and she blew up on TikTok for having this coffee shop. And then she went and got a marketing job. And she hated it and she quit it and she went back to being a coffee shop person. She yeah. goes, I realized I don't have to fill these standards by other people because this is what brings me joy every day is getting to sit here and meet new people and talk to them right. and make them coffee. And I just think like I see her and I'm like, yeah, I can be a librarian. Like seeing other people like that, like in like being like, yeah, no, you don't need to fill the society standard. Yeah. I also, it's funny we bring up TikTok, but I also saw a TikTok recently from this guy who said that he was in this career for I think 10 or 15 years. That was his life. You know, he would think about it all the time. He would go home and work on stuff for this job. He would be constantly brewing on ideas or things he needed to do, even on like the weekends or when he was on vacation. And he didn't really realize how much it was consuming him. And he decided to leave his job and just work as a server at a restaurant. And he's like, I've never been more fulfilled and happy because like I go in, everyone's friendly. I get to meet a lot of new people. I then go home and I don't, <clears throat> I don't bring my work home with me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't consume everything. You can turn it off. Yeah. That's great. And yeah. so it's like, you know, not everyone is I think needing a, a career or like something to dedicate their life to in that way to feel fulfilled. And, you know, I don't think that anybody needs that to be fulfilled. I think you just need to be content with yourself and your life. And I think that's the most important part and having a work-life balance mm -hmm. is important. Well, also they mentioned that they want to start baking. I'm yeah. Like, um, but if I can step on my baking podium for a minute, uh, definitely had the similar thoughts where I was like, man, how could I like move to the next phase? Like I love bringing snacks to the office, but I was like, well, I love it too. Thanks. <laughs> I will bring more. So um, good. It's so good. <laughs> Absolutely. I love doing it. Um, and you helped me, you know, you saved me for myself. So thank yeah. you. Otherwise I will eat all of the dozen myself. <laughs> Lindsay, I am happy to help you whenever you need. Everybody is. I am up thank for you. the challenge. <laughs> they sent their best soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Good. <laughs> but I, I kind of had the same thought, like how do I sell from home? Now, a lot of different states have different legalities, but um, they usually allow you to to start your bakery from home if you have a permit. Oh, cool. Um, Texas is more of a forgiveness situation where like you you only run into issues if a client of yours says, I didn't like what you baked or I ended up being sick, et cetera, et cetera. Point being, you can look into what your legalities are depending on where you live mm -hmm. and you can essentially start like a small side business and it's not as intense as a hustle. You don't have to worry about like dealing with your mm. nine to five and then coming home to a second job. It's like, okay, I have two clients this week or one. Yeah. And that's all you have to worry about is a single batch. That's it. That's but a really great idea. That's still a job. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the, the way for you to kind of dip your toe and kind of like Sarah's doing with, you know, going back to school for this where it's like, 
very low pressure. Mm-hmm. You're, you still have your, your full-time job that supports you and stuff like that, but you're getting to experience the side of a potential passion project that maybe when you start selling one, two clients, maybe it grows, maybe it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, this is actually going to sustain me mm-hmm. to get my own location and hire staff and mm-hmm. like do this thing where you could grow it very slowly instead of being like, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow and just start this right now. And I'm yeah. terrified. Yes. Yeah. Well, also working from home as opposed to being in a full like kitchen. I don't know, again, watcher, if you've been in a, k- a kitchen before with baking experience, but that's totally different as opposed to being at home where you can make mistakes, be messy, miss frizzle it up. It's fine. Um, you're, <laughs> you're in your own location. It's good. It's a yeah. training ground, basically. I just remembered this, which is wildly like poignant to this. Mm-hmm. So my best friend, she is a nurse. She actually lived out here. I think a couple of you met her, uh, Kaylee. She's a nurse. She yeah, moved yeah. back home to Colorado because she has a fiance now, you know, living her best life. Congrats. But she's always, um, I don't know, She she's a great nurse, but she recently got into baking like those fancy cookies with the fun designs. Oh, cool. And she nice. started it just as a hobby. And then she'd bring them into her office. And as she's a nurse, other nurses like, hey, would you book bake these for my kid's birthday or for my Super Bowl party. And so she has like exactly what we're describing. And she is a nurse. The network, yeah. Yeah, and she's just like making cookies for like parties here and there. And like they're on her Instagram story and she just enjoys it so much. And she's like, I don't know if I want it to be a real business right now, but like right now while I'm like figuring out my wedding and they're going to Iceland, she's like, this is like a really fun thing to do on the side. And then also it helps you to figure out if you actually do want to be a baker. Mm -hmm. Right. And exactly. brushing up on technique too. Can you can you give me their link too? I watch. She like, doesn't <laughs> actually have like I'll see, but like all of her stuff is just her personal stuff. She doesn't even have like a, a professional account or anything. Still, yet. I'll check it out. I watch mm. a lot of like cookie decorating videos on YouTube too. So she has any montages, please. Yeah, that icy floods. Oh, oh my uh-huh. god, those are so satisfying. To watch. I look at her stuff and I go, "Who are you? Where where's this person? I've known you since third grade. You have never baked before in your entire <laughs> life. Where are these skills coming from? <laughs> it's like what the fuck." <laughs> I also want to point out an important aspect, too, of this question where um, she asks, how does one navigate wanting to leave a job they work so hard for and something they're more passionate about? There's something that we talk about sometimes called the sunken cost fallacy, Mm. where you've spent so much time or money or energy on something that you feel like, oh, if if I change careers or if I move or whatever it is, switch paths, I wasted that time. And so I got to stick this out because I've already put so much time and money and effort into it. Fuck that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, of course, you spent a lot of time developing this career and and I'm sure you spent a lot of money with school and everything you needed to get to that career. But ultimately, nothing is a waste because you learn from it. You've you had your good experiences in it. You said that you feel like you're really fucking good at your job and that's fantastic. And I'm sure you've met people through it that are important to you now in your life. And so nothing is a waste and there's nothing that should stop you from wanting to change paths if you feel like that's going to make you happier. Mm -hmm. And on the converse, I mean, if you are like unhappy, theoretically, you will continue to be unhappy or get worse as time goes on potentially. So do we want to risk that? Mm. Yeah, like because then you're 65 and you just retired and you're looking around and you never got to go to your vacations you wanted to do because you didn't have time. Exactly. Like that's not where you want to be. It also happens in relationships I was just going to say that too. Yeah, Yeah, dating wise and I've been guilty of that where I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm living here for like five months. I'm like, this really worked out, but this is really bad. And it's like, well, okay, do you want to continue with this maybe working out or just go, "Mm, it was a good five months. See you later. <laughs> or even people who've been in really long relationships, like, oh, we've been together for five years. And like now if like we break up, I wasted those five years. It's mm-hmm. never a waste. Because if you were happy even a, even a moment in that time, it was worth it. 
but also and you you become the person you are mm-hmm. you know even maybe despite that but like that was a factor in your life it was a part of your life it's a part of who you are yes it probably feels really shitty to be like I'm not with this person anymore someone who I thought I might spend my life with who now I feel like I've wasted my good years quote unquote no such thing by the way oh um, no I think it's never too late to change paths to make yourself happy. Yeah. Well, oh, no. Do you feel Ultimately. like with relationships too, is it more of like re-centering yourself in the framework of that that time period? Because I know you're, it's easy to go like, I was in this relationship or like we were together. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you got to think about just yourself for the moment. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that relationship didn't end up working out or maybe it was a not, the, not the most positive time in your life, but yeah. that was still you doing that, not exactly. we, not us. Exactly. Um, Great question. Again, like, please follow up with us, writer. Can I recommend two books for you to read? Please. One, it's similar, but not quite. Um, There's a book called Cemetery Boys, which is trans representation, but it does tackle the conversation of a Latinx family and the expectations that are forced upon you by being in that family. And then also um, Kiss Her Once For Me, which is a cute Christmas romance story about a girl who got fired from her dream job and then has to start over again. And like, what does that look like? So I feel like those are two books that you might resonate with both gay. So I hope you don't mind. (laughs) I don't read a lot of straight media for go on. Yes. (laughs) Um, I say, check out the movie bridesmaids. It's about Mm. a woman who wants to be a baker again after failing for the first time. It's actually a good cause. (laughs) It's a great movie, but it's not, I don't think it's going to help you. (laughs) It kind of shows, you know, like if you, if you're excited about something, I think like have fun, Mm -hmm. have fun in life. It's too short. Yeah. Try it. So and, if, and if you fail, you could always fall back onto nursing. Yeah, you know, it's true. always going to be there. The world is always going to need nurses. There's no <laughs> yeah, shortage of that. You're fine. Yeah. It's also like Jenna Ortega. Do you guys ever hear Jenna Ortega talk like in an interview where she said, um, she goes, oh, I'm just going to Netflix. Like my job's not important. My mom's an ER nurse. That's a real job. There you go. <laughs> and I just think about that. And She's I like, not wrong. And I was like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> every job is important. We may, every, yes. everything makes the world go around. You need entertainment. You need medical, yes. everything. But it just um, made me giggle. And it like makes me feel good for the nurses when yeah. she said that. <laughs> Absolutely. It's true. They don't really it. get much interviews or press time. They need it's some. true. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for writing in. And thank you for what you do as well. Keep us posted and good luck. All right, we're going to finish up with one more question. Um, we got some time. Um, we might go a little longer than usual, but I'm down. This go is ahead. one I definitely want to get to with you guys. I'm glad because I was like, God, what do I talk about? <laughs> <laughs> All right, sick. Good. We're over time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this next question, our last question for the episode reads, Hi, I'm 23, born male and always identified as such. Recently, I became really close friends with a coworker that is in the process of transitioning from female to male. And it made me think more about myself and my identity. While always identifying as male, I've been pretty feminine my whole life. I started wondering if maybe I should look into potentially transitioning. The only problem comes from my family. I'm married to a wonderful woman and have a four-year-old son. My wife doesn't want to label her sexuality, but doesn't know that she's into men and women. Oh, but does know that she's into men and women, excuse me. I'm not sure if she would understand and support me if I told her my feelings. So, do you all have any advice on steps to take to figure this out or how to bring it up to my wife? Oof. Great yes. question. Yeah, one question. fantastic question. And thank you for allowing us to speak on it. That's very intimate um, on many levels. Mm-hmm, I absolutely. can only speak from my personal experience on going like, hey, I identify as non-binary. I've felt a lot of these feelings since high school. Um, for me, yeah, there was a little slow introduction to 
even just the concept of like non-binaryism because that discourse didn't really start happening until mm -hmm. like like I mean I say public discourse it was happening but like yeah. heavy public discourse was maybe like five-ish years ago I honestly feel like I didn't even know the term non-binary until maybe six or seven years ago yep. I didn't nope. know non-binary but I knew there were people on the internet who referred themselves as Z's Oh. Like instead of he or she, they did Z. Oh, so like a Z huh. H E or X H E, and they did that instead of he she. Got you. See, I'm I'm early Tumblr generation too, and Sarah's like later <laughs> Tumblr. So I'm like, oh okay, yeah, yeah okay, Tumblr, I missed that. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> yeah, Listen, and fan fiction. We know <laughs> all uh, the things. I I still I'm having whiplash from the Super Hulakian Wars. I gotta I gotta get over that one second. <laughs> God. But um yeah, so it was it was first a discussion on like what what is this concept because it was both of us kind of like understanding what exactly this means and then my experience in it and saying hey here's again the thoughts I've had how I would like to present myself um what what exactly this means for a relationship and mm -hmm. not like you know what's the future for us but like you know we love each other I'm still me but here's how I would like to present or how I feel I identify um and how are we going to navigate for us? Like, I know this this reader said they have a child. So it was mm -hmm. like, okay, parenthood, how would you like to navigate that? Um, so it was a little bit of like baby steps for us, mapping out an entire picture of what our future was going to look like. Mm. So I I think that helped a lot instead of just going like, okay, rip off the Band-Aid, like here's here's what's up, like tell everybody we know. Yeah. For, it was a small, pro or sorry, a slow process for us. Do you remember, and if you're not comfortable talking about it, totally okay. fine, but do you remember the moment where you were like, I feel this way and I feel like I this is how I identify and I want to bring that up to my partner and like actually tell them or discuss it. Like, what was that process like? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I can't even like pinpoint a single moment where I was like, I feel like this right. because it was a lot of thoughts. And for me, well, especially since high school too, that you've been feeling that way. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was also like mixed because in high school, I definitely dealt with like, just like shitty misogynist being like, you mm -hmm. don't fit the mold of what femininity should mm. be. So I was fighting against that a lot. But then in retrospect, going like, oh, actually, I didn't. But here's why. Mm. Okay, I understand now. Um, so it's kind of that culmination of going, I feel a lot of times, and this is just my experience too, please, it's not everyone who's non-binary. But it's like, <sighs> there are a lot of situations and dynamics I'm in where I'm not and don't feel like a woman, I guess, or like purely woman. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes it skews far more masculine or like, I'm, I guess like I'm a man and or like, for those situations, I was like, I feel like Lindsay is not woman. And that's hard, the best way I could describe it. And Lindsay I know that is Lindsay. <laughs> right. Basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know I'm not the most eloquent speaker too, so I'm not doing it justice. No, I can't write fantastic. you a poem here. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, that's, that's the best way to describe it is I'm like, I'm me. And I never really liked like, as yeah. a woman, you must do these things. Right. Or as a man, you must yeah. do these things. And that's, you know, discussing the gender spectrum as a whole. But for me specifically, I'm like, I, I show up as me. Gender that's is it. a social construct. Yeah. After all. Well, yeah. like, identities as well like because I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast but like I identify as asexual and that took me so long to settle with because like I remember making out with a kid in like high school and he tried to touch my boob and I thought it was the funniest shit on the planet <laughs> did you start laughing I did <laughs> I absolutely awesome. started laughing at this kid because I just couldn't stop because I was like what are you doing this makes no sense like this is stupid yeah um yeah and like it's one of those things that like now that I'm further in my life, I look back at so many moments and I go, oh my God, everything makes so much sense. But like, I thought it was broken. Like everything feels wrong because like when you're sitting here facing an identity, like I know it, 
asexuality is different than gender identity. But like to a lot of people, people are like, you don't like sex. What do you mean? Like that, that's like, you're supposed to, like oh, you're yeah. supposed to enjoy those activities. You're supposed to have a sex drive. You're supposed to have X, Y, and Z. And when you just don't and everybody else around you does, you just feel wrong. Mm. And so it's like, but there is a certain comfort of like calling your best friend and being like, I think I might be ace. And then them being like, that's okay. But yeah. if, you, if you're not, that's also okay. Well, yeah. And you can be whatever you need to be. Society, for better or worse, is heavy on marketing sex too. And like, there's so oh, much yeah. saturation. Like, just like libido is everywhere, <laughs> regardless of what we're trying to market to. So I understand where it's like, yeah. I, I get that aspect of like, I feel like I'm not normal or I'm doing something wrong here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's and not I, the case. Well, that's why I was like, I feel like that must be something similar too with being non-binary or like feeling gender dysphoria is like you're sitting here like and everybody else is telling you you're supposed to be a certain way and it just doesn't feel right mm -hmm. and like I'll be honest there was truly a somewhat of a freedom for me to like have that conversation like a year after I started like truly thinking into it and them just being like it's okay if you're not like even like you're sitting here being like I'm questioning it but like I don't know where I'm at like do I need to start transitioning you don't have to decide today you don't yeah. have to decide tomorrow well, you, you could can also change your mind yeah as mm -hmm. many times as you need to whatever you feel fits you yeah. Um, and who you are. But it's like nice to have those kind of like, it's nice to know that about yourself and accept it about yourself. Because like being able to be like, oh, I'm ace. And then like things start making sense and you feel like you have a community within that. And yeah. it's just very powerful. Mm -hmm. Well, you talked also just to, to bring back that home or point home um, about just like questioning entirely like I do think there is a stigma of like I now identify as this or I, I believe I identify as this and from inside and outside of the community going no you don't or like are you're not sure you're not entirely positive or again like it's imposter syndrome but labeled onto this I sure. guess it's like you're either not one of us or even internally be like oh I'm not I'm a liar and I felt that way for a long time too mm -hmm. like I I clearly am not part of this community but that's not necessarily true and even if you do get to the point where like hey I don't identify this way I thought I did I'm totally wrong I think there should be grace and acceptance and going yeah okay that's a okay that's fine that is you exploring yourself self-discovery mm -hmm. yeah um I, I do want to touch on this point too where um this individual asks about talking to their wife um because they are thinking about the idea of transitioning to mm -hmm. female um when they've been traditionally male their entire life and i do imagine that could be a scary process when, you know, you, you're, you've married someone mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you are their husband. And that's kind of like the societal thing that's happening. And then having that discussion of like, I'm having these thoughts and these feelings and I feel like I might identify this way. How does that change our relationship or does that make you still want to be with me? But I think, Lindsay, you mentioned earlier on, like, I'm still me. It, and it's like that to me is the most important part of a relationship is the person deep down, you know, d regardless of how they identify, you are with that person. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, you know, I obviously can't tell you how to approach that situation, um, not having experienced that myself. But I do think having a conversation as early as you can with your wife to say, like, I'm having these mm -hmm. feelings, I'm having these thoughts. Um, you know, I want to be open and honest with you and, and have your support as I go through these feelings, changes, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully you're in a, a healthy enough relationship where they could listen and yeah. understand and be there for you and, and accept you for whoever you decide to be. Yeah. I mean, y'all work with me, so you're not with me at home, but I mean, the biggest changes that I can think of is like, I'm, I, I feel comfortable like presenting more masculine and maybe dressing more androgynously. But I mean, 
by all means, like what else has changed about myself? Right. It's like I, I'm still here making d- jokes right. on the podcast. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing changed. Like literally. Um, so I actually had a really good. I had this idea also. No, oh, this question also really sparked something in my mind because mm-hmm. um, one of my really, really good best friends um, identifies as trans, mm-hmm. um, and he came out to me in junior year of high school. Um, and I think the way he did it was so clever and it really helped me understand, which is he like, we're, we always were really big book friends. Like we both read fan fiction. We used to always send each other fan fictions and talk about it and all that. And he goes, Hey, I have this book I would like you to read. And it was called uh, beautiful music for ugly children. And it was the story of a, um, young trans male discovering their trans and figuring out how to communicate that with those around them. And so they had me read this book and I go, okay. And then they're like, so what did you think? Mm -hmm. And so like, it was like a, like it informed me and educated me in such a way that like, I didn't have to like come into this with so many questions. And also like, I've known this individual since third grade as well. And so like, when they're like, I'm trans. I was like, no shit. (laughs) So like that also with the book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes that happens where you're like, like it's like when they first came out to me as a lesbian and they came out to me as trans, it was like things that like fit who they were. It just made more sense to who they are. And like to this day, like when sometimes I hear their dead name, I'm like, oh, what? Who the fuck is that? And it like it gives me the heebie-jeebies more than it gives them the heebie-jeebies. So like there are people in your life who want to like who to see it even before maybe you're willing to talk about it. Yeah. So like, I don't know if that's something like anybody else might experience and it might be a scary thing, but starting with a piece of media is a really good. Oh, yeah. uh, for me, it was really fun just like knowing some of my friends growing up, they joked that I was like the son my father never had. And I was like, hey, <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, I got news for you. Um, listen. <laughs> I think um, it, it was an earlier episode of Always Open that Blizz had a great point about this of, of course, gender being a spectrum. Mm, we mm-hmm. talk about that a lot, but how... A lot of people possess both masculinity and femininity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to label yourself as one or the other or even non-binary. You could label yourself whatever you're comfortable with and however you're identifying in that moment even on a day-to-day basis, on an hourly basis. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this this question mentions that um, he's been feeling feminine his whole life Mm -hmm. and that maybe I should transition. It's like, you could if that's the way you want to go, but there's also nothing saying you have to if you feel like you're feminine and masculine or even more feminine. It's a spectrum and you don't have to label yourself. Labels mm-hmm. typically are, you know, if people want to label themselves, that's one thing, but sometimes it's done for the sake of other people mm-hmm. um, so they could identify you. Yeah. But there's nothing saying you have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. We have several cis men in our life who dress femininely. I've, I've had discussions with Cameron about like skirt mm-hmm. shopping. I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, dude, let's let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how open Cameron is about it, but like he, they is their preferred pronouns. And like it was, it, it, you talk to him about it and you're like, oh, okay. But he's just very low key about it and doesn't mention it. Yeah. I have it, a, it, a number of uh, men that I follow on Instagram too. And they just like model their dresses for the day. And I'm like, I this love is it. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Flaunt yeah. it. Get it. There's yeah. nothing better than a man in a crop top either. God, <laughs> yes. why did that go away from the 80s? <laughs> Bring back crop tops. I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Kyle, race it up. Let's go. I'm cool with yes. that. Yes. It's just, ugh. and also like the men in skirts. Like, God, I don't know why that's so attractive. Yeah, I agree. Did but you aesthetically? Just curious too. Did you have moments of also so like uh, for me, it was dressing up or trying mm-hmm. on different clothes where you did feel a little bit more self-expression, but younger. 
um, stuff that was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. In retrospect, is like I used to borrow a lot of my dad's clothes, mm. and I'd walk around the neighborhood and see who would notice that I was Lindsay, and so I'd have neighbors be like, "Who's that new dude?" I'm like, "That's red." <laughs> and it would, would it make you feel good? Yeah, because yeah. I'm like, I I could pass, and I was like, oh, I'm I could be someone else. I'd like make up dumbass names. I'm like, I'm Chris. It's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> all the names in the world, right, and you go, with Chris. damn it. <laughs> I'm very very original and unique, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh that's so funny yeah um i don't have any of those moments it was just more like looking back about the asexuality because mm-hmm. like i feel mm-hmm. relatively secure in my gender like occasionally i'm like fucking boobs suck like but i feel like that might be more of just a big woman big boob problem i don't know if it's non-binary mentality but i wish i could take mine off and, and then off yeah, and the, like, yeah it's like, like there's outfits where yeah. there'd be great and there's other outfits where you're like you like did you make my body yeah. shape the wrong shape? Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a normal feeling for sure. I feel like it is too, but like that is like the closest I get sometimes where I was like, fucking go away. You're yeah. so in my way. I think for me, I, I've um, always felt very feminine. Um, I've always really enjoyed being mm-hmm. um, feminine and being a woman and stuff like that. And the only thing I could point to is I was a, definitely a tomboy growing mm-hmm. up. Like I like playing sports. I like dressing in very baggy clothes. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like being very girly, but I got more comfortable with it as I got older. Um, and now I, I feel very secure in my gender and my sexuality and everything like that, that I feel like could wear whatever, but I still know who I am deep down. So mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't really factor into that as much, but I know like clothes and, and attire is a huge factor for a lot of people and how they identify and feel comfortable Right. Um, well, so, self-expression. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just funny that it happened after me coming out as non-binary. But I know traveling with you, Barbara, I've worn pink a handful of times. And you're always like, you look really good in pink. And I was like, ah, it's not my style. Like, yeah. It's not my thing. You look I, good in everything, though. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I've also never worn more pink than after coming out as non-binary. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. All the pink. All of it. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. how that works, but you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's more like you're, you're more secure in what you are. So you're okay in dabbling when what you are. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. feel like I've noticed that ever since you've come out. And it's really, really cool to see. Thanks. Yeah. I skew a uh, Black and pink. So together, I'm a K-pop band. But oh, yes, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. You go. Um, I also going to say one thing, which is another TikTok reference, but it made me, again, I thought of this when I read this question, which is, I watched a TikTok literally yesterday, and it was this person going, I was really scared about coming out to my wife as trans. And then they told me that it's the best thing ever because the thing they hated the most about me was the fact that I was a man. <laughs> oh my God. Incredible. You're like, yeah, maybe that'll be the case. <laughs> and incredible. it was just, it made me giggle. And I was also, like, also, you could share clothes. You could share there clothes. Go. There we go. That'd be yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. There's like, I don't know. It's just that TikTok always made, it made me giggle. So, yeah, I love that. So also, relatable. I borrow Michael's clothes sometimes too. So very, very relatable. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> it's good for the environment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for writing in. This was a beautiful question and, and we wish you the best of luck with this journey and, you know, self-discovery and everything like that. And we hope that you get nothing but love and support with mm-hmm. whatever you choose to do. Um, or if you change your mind later down the road, of yeah. course. Um, but good luck. We love you. Um, and anybody else who wants to write into the show, we would love to have your question. You could send that to always open at roosterteeth.com. Lindsay, Sarah, thank you for being here today. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me. A wonderful Appreciate time. Uh, where could people find you online? Ooh. I am on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Zanga at I am Lindsay Jones. <laughs> 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 
I think I'm on Tumblr as just Lindsay Jones, but you can find me and Sarah's fanfics there. Sarah, of course. take it away. Um, <laughs> I am on anywhere you can find me as Sarah. K-A Weems. So Sarah easy peasy. Awesome. Weems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much, very much for being thank on the you. show. Thank you. And thank you guys for watching another episode of Always Open. Uh, we'd love to have you here. Make sure you're subscribed to the All Good Knowers YouTube channel if you're not already for more episodes of Always Open every single Tuesday. Whoop, whoop. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye.